Good morning. Somebody left Kleenex on my stand. That's uh, thank you, whoever did that. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, it's coming, isn't it? How many of you? So we we've talked over the last few weeks. Um, Thanksgiving came and went, and we talked about how that's such a big time for so many people, but how many of you feel like Christmas is just the time of year, and you can't wait? Okay, not, not as many as I thought. Okay, well, it's coming. Christmas is coming. I, my boys are just, I mean, they are ecstatic. They, you can kind of see it every night when we when we're sitting at home, you can see like the excitement um, in their eyes. And so um, last night we actually did one of our first kind of Christmas things this year. We, we um, went with several people and went to Niederman Farm and did their Christmas walk. And then we also listened to Naz Jazz play for a little bit. And, and so this last week has kind of been the start of our Christmas preparations around our house. In fact, we got to go over to uh, mom and dad's house and help them a little bit with their decorations because they, if you know my parents, um, it doesn't matter what condition they're in, they're going to go way overboard with everything that they do. And so, so they had all of these decorations to get out, so um, the two oldest boys and I went over and helped them um, get all their decorations out, and my boys were just so excited that they had to put up their tree. We had to put up a, a, one of their trees. They weren't going to do that that day, but, but they were so excited that we had to put up a tree. And so this last week, we've been preparing, and last night, we went to Niederman Farm. We listened to Naz Jazz. We went back home. I wanted to be home by about 8 o'clock for some odd reason. Some of you know that odd reason. There was, there was a football game on, a very important football game, and, uh, and Clemson won it, so it's... I'm, I'm just kidding, no. No, Ohio State played, so I was like, yeah, let's go, you know, let's go do that, that's great, but I'd really like to watch that game, and so we, we got back to the house, and I sat down in my chair and turned the game on, and immediately the kids started asking, like, are you going to bring stuff up from the basement, are you going to bring up the decorations, and I'm like, yeah, I, I will at the next commercial, <laughs> or after I see if the Buckeyes score or don't score, or well, I want to see what happens here. And so, I mean, Eli was literally sitting in the recliner next to me because when we, when we decorate for Christmas, we move our two recliners to the same side and then we put the tree over there. And so Eli's sitting in the recliner next to me just kind of like staring at me like, when are you going to do it? Are you ready? And I'm like, Eli, come on. There's a football game on. So my boys are just so excited, and it was just an awesome night. So I, I did. Once um, that first drive ended, I, when I got a good break there to go downstairs, I went downstairs, and I, we, we don't take our tree apart. We just stuff it in the corner of a storage room in the basement. We just set it up down there, so it's always Christmas in our storage room. And, um, and so I took it apart, and I brought the, it's three pieces, I brought them up, um, unplugged them when I took it apart, brought them up, we set it up, got everything going, plugged everything in, plugged the tree in, and I'm sure you guys have had this happen, but we had like, we had like strips of tree that were lit. So like the bottom strip was lit, and then there was a big blank spot, and then the middle strip was lit, and then a blank spot, and then the top was blank too, I think. And so, so we lit up the tree, and it was like, oh, there it is. But you know what? That could not 
kill the Christmas spirit in my house last night. My boys were so excited. They had their Santa hats on. They were running around. They were jumping around. They were so excited. Christmas is an exciting time. I remember that feeling. Do you remember that feeling? Hope oh, maybe some of you have that feeling. I, you know, maybe my, my excitement level is a little lower now than it used to be, but I'll never forget. I'll never forget the Christmas. We were in Texas, and I woke up. We, we lived in a ranch at that point, not a, not a Texas ranch, but like a ranch house. So, so I got up, and I ran into the living room, and there it was, my green 10-speed bike. It was sitting there, and I was so excited. Do you remember the anticipation of Christmas and just being so excited? I'll never forget. That was the greatest Christmas of my life, my 10-speed green bike. And I got on it and started riding around the neighborhood, and what, what a great time. I remember that. You guys can probably all remember some great Christmas experiences. I think Christmas is probably the most anticipated time for kids especially, but for many adults as well of our year. And so I just want to take a survey real quick. When do you get into the Christmas spirit? Okay, so, so the survey is this. When did you start, A, listening to Christmas music, or B, decorating your house for Christmas? That's it. All right, ready? So here we go. If you started before Thanksgiving, raise your hand. Okay, all right. <laughs> That's a pretty good number. All right, if you started after Thanksgiving and have started, raise your hand. All right, I, maybe a few more of those. All right, if you haven't even started yet, raise your hand. All right, those are my people right there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, watch that football. Chill out. No. All right, if you never took down your Christmas decorations, raise your hand. Anyone? <laughs> Chris, yeah, okay. Yeah, what, what an awesome time of year. We get so excited. There's a lot of excitement. But, but let me ask you a real serious question, and I, I, I really want you to think about this. What's the reason for your excitement around Christmas? What is it that, that gives you that anticipation? Is it, you know, for most kids, I think it's probably presents. They're going to get presents. They're going to get maybe a bike, maybe, maybe what they ask for. Is it the decorating? Some of you probably just love decorating. Like we love it when, it looks beautiful in here, doesn't it? Thank you to all of you, all of you that came and helped us decorate last week. It looks awesome. It, and so that's certainly something that's incredible about Christmas time. Maybe some of you just really like the time off that you get around Christmas. Or time with family. Or the tradition of it. Or the music. Christmas music. Or the great movies. We have so many good Christmas movies that we like to watch together. There's all these things. Well, today we're going to start our Advent series, Long Expected Jesus, by talking about anticipation. By talking about that looking forward, that excitement. We have it. We definitely are excited for that time to come. But I think this season calls us to much more than anticipation of the things that we just mentioned. Music decorations, family, presents. I think that this Christmas season, and you know this, is about so much more than just those things. Today, we're going to talk about the anticipation of the coming King, Jesus. 
Our anticipation for Christmas is probably nothing compared to, the, to what the people were feeling, what the Israelites were feeling as they waited for the Messiah to come. For thousands of years, the Israelites, God's people, waited for the coming Messiah. It actually started at the beginning of time. It started with Adam and Eve and this promise that, that God was going to save people after Adam and Eve messed up. It, it goes on through scripture and, and really it, it starts getting really serious with God's call to Abraham where his people are set apart. And then they spend 400 years in captivity in Egypt and I just think of a people who know that God is going to save them and know that the Messiah is coming. And they're in slavery and they're in bondage. Think about what that, what that must have felt like. Um, as, as Dale talked about in, in the prayer time, you know, some of you may be in this place of just feeling like there's not a lot of hope. But there is a Messiah. There is a Savior that has come. And, and we're going to keep moving. And so captivity, then they wandered the desert, going to the promised land. And then they entered the promised land. And then we went through this period with the judges where they were back and forth. They were in turmoil. They were out of turmoil. God would deliver them. And, and they always had this promise of the Messiah, the coming Messiah that would save them. Then the people wanted a king. And we had King Saul, and then we had King David, and then we had King Solomon, and people wanted a ruler, and so God gave them kings, but those kings weren't the Messiah. They, they weren't what the people had been promised. And then there was more promises that one would come that would rule on David's throne forever. And so the people have this picture in their head that one day the Messiah is going to come, and it's going to rule forever. Then we had that kingdom break up. We had more captivity. We had the destruction of the temple. We, we had all of this chaos. Then we start getting into the prophets and we start to really see some prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. We see that especially in the book of Isaiah. But, but it seems like God's people went back and forth. It seems like things would go well for a little bit, and, and they would think, okay, we're okay, things are good, but then, man, they'd be tossed into captivity, or things would get divided, and they would think, oh, the Messiah's coming. Can you guys relate with that feeling? I mean, Dale prayed about it today, that some of you come in this morning, and, and maybe you're on top of the world, and, and honestly, I think for a lot of us, we can't relate to this level of anticipation because we've got it pretty good. I mean, our biggest concerns coming up to Christmas are, are, we gonna, are, we gonna, are our plans going to work out? Are we going to get everything done that we need to get done? We're not sitting here saying like, oh, Messiah, come and take us out of this terrible place because honestly, we're doing okay, Right? But, but maybe some of you aren't there. Maybe some of you are in a place where you're just thinking, God, I need you. I need the Savior to come and to save me. And so this back and forth that we see in Scripture, I think we, we can relate with that. I want you to understand this morning that, that whether things are going really great and you're kind of on autopilot and, and your, your life is pretty good, or whether things are just falling apart and, and whether you're, you're living in that place of 
desolation and you're living in that place where you don't know if you're going to make it to the next day, I want you to understand that the king is coming. And Christmas, we, we, we celebrate that Jesus came, but, but today we also celebrate that Jesus is coming again. And so the anticipation that we celebrate in this Advent season today when I talk about anticipation, I'm not just talking about anticipation of December 25th when we're going to celebrate what happened long ago. I'm talking about the fact that we celebrate that the king is coming. The king did come and the king will come again and God's kingdom will reign I want you to understand this morning that no matter how good life is, the kingdom is coming. And God's kingdom is going to blow everything we understand away. And if you're in a really tough place, maybe you feel like God's people going through exile, I want you to know that God's kingdom is coming. And so today, just as the Israelites, just as God's people, just as the Jewish people waited for so long and anticipated the coming king, today we wait for the coming king. And so we do in this Christmas season, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. That was a part of this plan. But today I really want us to focus on the anticipation that Jesus not only came, but that Jesus is coming again. And so in this Christmas season, just we're, we're going to go a lot further here, but as we get started, I want you to know that the kingdom is coming and that we should prepare our hearts. And this Christmas season, it's not just about lights and gifts. It's not even just about the baby that was born 2,000 years ago. It's about the fact that God's kingdom, that Jesus is coming again to establish the reign forever. And so we live in that anticipation. In Isaiah 9, it says this, this famous prophecy and this is, they had continued to wait. The prophecies had grown stronger. They had strayed. God, God continued to love them. But in Isaiah 9, it says this, for, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And so 2,000 years ago, the king did come. Just as this prophecy said, the king did come. The Messiah came. And we do celebrate that in the Christmas season, but we don't just celebrate what happened then. We celebrate that it's going to happen again. We live in that anticipation. And so we're going to fast forward um, to, to, to our scripture today. And so, so Jesus came. Jesus lived his life. He taught. I know this is really basic and I'm boiling it down. But Jesus came. He taught. He lived his life. He gave his life for our sins. And then he went to the Father. But as we talk about the, the idea that Jesus is coming again, I want you to understand this. That was not the end. Jesus is coming again. 
Are you excited about that? I honestly think that, that the church has lost some of that because we used to be so excited about that day, but it seems like now we've gotten more and more into what's happening today and, and our work today, and maybe we've lost some of that anticipation that Jesus is coming. There were shepherds that followed a star. There were wise men that followed because they wanted to see this king. I don't know about you. I can't wait to see the king I can't wait to see God's kingdom established. I can't wait to see what God does. Jesus is coming again. The plan is continuing to unfold. And so we pick it up in Mark 13. Jesus is on the Mount of Olives and he's speaking to Peter, James, John, and Andrew. And in Mark 13 verse 24 it says this, But in those days following that distress... The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And, and so this is talking about the tribulation. This is talking about the time to come before the end times when everything's going to get pretty rough. And it says, at that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven Jesus has just been talking to these disciples about what's going to come about the end days and there's going to be all sorts of desolation and difficulty and and listen maybe maybe we're experiencing a little bit of stuff right now I don't know that we're experiencing that level Jesus has talked about it. It even says that, that following that distress, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, the heavenly bodies will be shaken. We're talking about like cosmic events here. This is going to happen, but it says at that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. In fact, in verse 20, it says that things are going to be so difficult it says that if the Lord, Jesus says, if the Lord does not cut those days short, no one will survive. But, he says, he will cut them short for his people's sake. And we will see the king coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And God's people will be saved. We like to talk about the coming, don't we? I mean, all right. If you're on social media, if you watch television, if you listen to the radio, if you read the newspaper, you probably have seen some sort of predictions of the second coming, right? Even I know in the past couple months, every time it seems like a catastrophe happens or, or a tragic thing happens, people say, see, Jesus is coming. We like to talk about that. We, we, we see that every time something happens, we think Jesus is coming, but Jesus warns us. It's going to get pretty bad. Listen, if, if it, we, we probably aren't there right now. It's going to get pretty bad. But in verse 26, he says, but Jesus is coming and he will save his people. It goes on. Verse 28. Now learn this lesson. This is Jesus. Learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. And, and actually, in the translation of this, it is near, actually can be translated, he is near. 
right at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will, not, will certainly not pass away until these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So Jesus draws this picture for him. He says, it's like a fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is coming. And so Jesus says, when you see these difficult times happening, when you see the end, you're going to know it. You're, it's going to be a sign that Jesus is coming, and you're going to know it. But he says, he is coming. When that happens, you know that summer is coming. Um, in the Blue Letter Bible, which is an online resource, it said this. This was the perfect illustration at this time and place because Jesus is teaching on the Mount of Olives, and the Mount of Olives was famous for its fig trees. And so literally, Jesus is probably sitting amongst fig trees saying, it's just like these fig trees. In fact, he's sitting there right before Passover when the fig trees would have been in this condition that they were signaling that summer was coming. And so Jesus is sitting here with his disciples and he's saying, you know, these terrible times are going to come, but then Jesus, I, the, I am coming back. The king is coming back. You will see the son of man come in the clouds. And he says, just like on these fig trees. You see what's happening. That means that summer is coming. When you see these things happen, you will know the king is coming. And so Jesus says, when all this stuff happens, no matter how bad it gets, no matter what you see, you will know the time is near. And he even says, you will know that he is near. And so this is really good news for us this morning. Because if you're in really difficult times... That's just a sign to you that he is coming. I'm not saying if you personally are going through difficult times, that means Jesus is going to come back tomorrow. But I'm saying all of our difficulties, when we get to that time where the tribulations come, where things are terrible, where there's calamity all around us, that's just a sign that Jesus is coming. What an awesome thing. And, and so we jump into 2 Peter 2 for a moment. I mean, 2 Peter 1. In 2 Peter 1, verse 19, it says this, We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So think about it. What this scripture is saying is the prophecies were all true. We have all these prophecies in the Old Testament that say the Messiah is coming and then Jesus fulfilled all of these prophecies. But now we have more prophecies that the Messiah is coming again and is going to take care of us and is going to establish the kingdom. And it says this in 2 Peter 1, it says, we have the prophecies that have been proven true. And so remember that when things get tough, because the prophecies will be true, and the Son of Man is coming. We live in assurance and anticipation that no matter what happens around us, Jesus is coming again. Jesus goes on in verse 32. He says, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert, you do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away, he leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, 
each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. And in verse 35, Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Are you noticing a theme in this scripture? So the king came, we're celebrating that, but we also live in anticipation that the king is coming again. And Jesus says, listen to these things in verse 32, but no one knows the day or the hour that he's coming. Then again in verse 33, you do not know when that time will come. Then again in verse 35, you do not know when the owner of the house is coming back. Are you getting the picture here? We are not going to know. We don't know the time that the Father is coming. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We don't know when the King is coming And so just as the Israelites found themselves for thousands of years waiting, anticipating, living in that that place of the Messiah's coming, we don't know when, but the Messiah's coming, we find ourselves waiting. We must wait in anticipation of the coming Messiah Not just living on the fact that Jesus did come, but waiting in anticipation that Jesus is coming again and will make all things new. Another theme we see in verse 33, we see be on guard, be alert. In verse 35, keep watch because you don't know when he's coming back. In verse 36, do not let him find you sleeping. In verse 37, I say to everyone, watch. Are you, are you getting it? You don't know when he's coming, so watch. Be ready. He's coming. Don't miss it. Be ready. And so if we're going to live in anticipation today, We need to live and be ready. Some of you may understand this, but sometimes Megan will go somewhere and and I'll have a list of jobs that I need to do. Maybe it's laundry, maybe it's cleaning up the house, maybe, sometimes maybe it's not a list that she leaves me, but maybe it's just that I want to do something before she comes back so that the house is nice, but if, if you're a man and you've been in my position, then you know that there's, there's a lot of different things that we would rather do than laundry or cleaning or that stuff. And so sometimes I have these grand plans and Megan's gone and I don't know when she's coming back, but I've got to get everything done. I want to get the house clean. I want to get that. But then there's football on, right? And so maybe I get sidetracked and I sit down and I think, oh, I'll spend some time doing this. And maybe that game leads to another game, or maybe there's a show, and I think, I'm just going to take a break because I'm starting to sweat, and I sit down, and I start watching a TV show, and then I get caught up in it, and oh, there's, I got to see the next episode, and I get caught up in that. It's really easy to miss it and to not be prepared, and I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting there watching TV, knowing that Megan was coming back, knowing that I wanted to get stuff done, and I hear something, and I'm like, oh no, turn the TV off, run, start straightening stuff up, and it's not even her, and I'm like, all right, I'd better get to this, like clearly I'm missing it. Jesus says, you don't know the hour that that the king is coming back, but you'd better be ready, 
And we saw earlier that the Israelites, it's like they went back and forth, like, I'm waiting for you, Jesus, but then things would get okay, and ah, I'm okay, like I'm just going to live out my life and not worry about it. In fact, this idea of not falling asleep or not being ready is so common in the scriptures. Just after this, Jesus will be with his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he goes and prays, and what do they do? They fall asleep. It's pretty common for us to fall asleep. It's pretty common for us to not be ready, Jesus says. You don't know when the, when the king is coming, but you'd better keep watch. You'd better be ready. It's way too easy to get sidetracked by the things of this world. But as we come together this morning, as we come in anticipation of the long-expected Jesus, not just what happened, but what's going to happen, the calling is simple. Be ready. Watch. Jesus draws this picture of us living in anticipation and being ready for his arrival. See, here's the thing. We have the benefit of having the plan right before us. We have the scriptures that tell us what needs to happen. We have the scriptures that tell us how we should live. You have it on your phone. You have everything you need to be ready for Jesus to come back right in the palm of your hand to teach you to be ready. And Jesus says, don't fall asleep. Don't miss it. I'm coming again. My kingdom is coming. You'd better be ready. And so we have some work to do. In that last scripture, it talked about when the owner of the house leaves, there are people that have jobs. The, the people have jobs to do, and they'd better get those jobs done. We have a job to do, church. We have a job to do not just to show up and to sing songs and to shake hands with each other and to be happy and say that we're Christians. We have a job to prepare our hearts, and we have a job to prepare for his coming. We have a job to spread the gospel and the good news to everybody that we possibly can because the king is coming. We're not just sitting back, folding our arms, watching TV, waiting. We're preparing our hearts. And so in this Christmas season, it's not just about gifts. It's not just about another year that we, we celebrate baby Jesus. It's about preparing ourselves it's about anticipating that the Jesus that came 2,000 years ago will come again and will restore all things. We're not just waiting, but we're working. The season is not just waiting. Jesus is coming again. 2 Peter 3, this is a follow-up of what I read earlier. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, this is talking again about the tribulations and, and everything that's going to happen, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat, but... In keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Don't you get it? I don't care how nice Westchester is or how great your life is right now. Jesus is coming back. His kingdom is coming. And it's going to be God's kingdom. All of this junk that we have to deal with, all of the cancer, all of the sickness, all of the hate, all of the brokenness, 
is going to be gone. The kingdom is coming. We have something to look forward to. And we can't get complacent. And we can't think that, oh, we're doing okay. But it says you ought to live holy and godly lives. It goes on in verse 14. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless and blameless and at peace with him. Let me read that again. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, to this day where the new heaven and the new earth and all of this junk, all of the messed up junk will be gone because God's kingdom is coming, as you look forward to that, Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. This morning, as we kick off the Advent season, we do anticipate Christmas. We do look forward to the great things that are going to happen on December 25th and our time with family and all of that stuff. We do remember the baby Jesus. We are going to celebrate that. We're going to talk about that. It is about Jesus coming to earth but that's a piece of the plan. And as we, as we enter into this season today, I want us to understand it's not just that Jesus came. It's that Jesus is coming again and his kingdom will be established. And so today we are called to prepare our hearts to prepare ourselves, to be on guard, to be alert, to watch and be ready. We are called to be a part of ushering in the kingdom of God that will come. And so this morning, I don't know where you're at, but I want to call you to prepare yourself this Advent season, not just for another year, not just for more celebrations. I want you to prepare your heart to be holy and blameless and spotless so that when the king comes, we're ready. We are his church. And we should be looking forward to and preparing ourselves for his kingdom. And so I don't know what that means for you this morning. For me, it means I really need to be focused on tuning my heart to God. I need to make sure that there's nothing in my life like the football games that are going to distract me from being ready. I need to make sure that there's nothing in my life that's going to distract me from God's kingdom, from the owner of the house coming back. And so if there's something in your life that's pulling you away, Man, even if it's this beautiful sanctuary and the decorations and the presents and all that stuff, if that's pulling you away from really tuning your heart and preparing your heart for the coming king this morning, I want you to focus on God's promise that the king is coming again. The band's going to come and they're going to play a song. And I just, this morning, as we wrap up this service, I want you to begin to prepare your hearts for this Advent season. I want you to think about whether you are ready for the king to come back. Whether there's stuff that's holding you back or, or whether you're truly living holy and blameless. And if you're not, it's time to be ready now. And so if you're there, there's a place to pray. And, and maybe, 
maybe you're feeling pretty good about things, but I would just call you in this season to prepare yourself for the coming kingdom. I would call you to share this with the people around you. I would call you to be at work in everything you do, to be sharing the gospel, to be promoting peace, to be a person that's ushering in the coming of this kingdom. When Jesus comes, I want him to look at us and say, man, they were ready. Father, prepare our hearts today. We give ourselves to you. And I thank you that that your promises were true 2,000 years ago, that all of the prophecies were fulfilled in your coming and giving your life for us. But I thank you, Lord, that it didn't stop there, but that you're coming again. And so I pray for each and every one of us this morning that you would tune our hearts to you, that anything that would get in the way of us being prepared for your coming, that we would kneel and drop them at your feet this morning. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. Amen.